0: back I got my card stacked and ready to interpret so first off I'm going to start with the Fool so the Fool is a very very interesting card because one of its characteristics it's not numbered so just for a script, short description you have this young youthful looking type uh, with, with certain with a, a rose in his hand Extravagant clothing and a dog. So, this is um, the categorical description that you have uh, of the fool. Um, very often, a, you know, if you take the tarot weight version of the tarot, uh, the rider weight uh, version of the tarot, sorry, um, you will see that he's hanging um, at the edge of a cliff, uh, but he doesn't seem to be concerned. Um, So this is actually the embodiment of, you know, beginning, luck of the draw, faith, and just being optimistic and just going and moving. Um, As this card is unnumbered, um, it actually also um, is coupled with the concept of nothingness. So it's considered a very auspicious card. And um, when this card comes out in a reading, um, it is time for the reader or the person doing the query to um, start from scratch, which is actually a good thing when you are in a situation in your life when you're stuck. So, in contrast uh, to the magician, or as an evolution of the magician, there's Uh, an evolution of the fool you have card number one uh, which is the magician and the magician is also a very very interesting uh, card Uh, it's the card that is associated with the planet Mercury and also the zodiac sign of Libra if I'm not mistaken so just to describe this um, card you have a young man uh, who's clad in um, red and white in the um, Tarot de Marseille Arcana he's dressed a little bit or elabor- uh, elaborately um, but uh, there's uh, he stands uh, behind the table that has several tools so you have the suits uh, the four suits of the minor Arcana but in the Tarot de Marseille it's a bit more elaborate you have a knife you have a purse uh, a couple of dice so Um, and he holds uh, his hands into two opposite positions. So the magician is card number one, he's the jack of all trades, he's the hustler, he's the associated to the young professional uh, in reverse, he can also be called the trickster, and since he's associated with the planet Mercury, there's this um, connection of quickness, you know, being quick, quick quick-witted um to 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 think and to be driven by intellect as opposed to the heart or even the the belly he doesn't act out of emotion he acts out of his brain and that's what he needs to move on and to get to where he wants his um the position of his hands is uh, a very very uh ancient one um it's uh, in the hermetic cults, uh, this position was um, designed the, the the principle of as above so below so it means that um, you need to it's one of the great mysteries of the universe to, to put it in, 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 in summary um, the, the the macro with the big always reflect the small there's always this, um, this repetition of certain superstructures that you see in the infinitely big but you also find these structures, these parallels in the infinitely small. So um, interestingly, uh, the position of the hands, uh, so with the hand, one hand uh, above the head and uh, the other arm, I would say, uh, pointing below is actually also seen in the devil. So if you have the time, uh, take out the arcana number 15 and just try to focus and see the uh the similitudes between these two cards so at third uh you have the hermit so this is the card number nine uh the hermit is also a very very interesting card uh you have this uh clad uh elderly gentleman who's hunched who has a staff uh, and who usually is depicted uh, in a very mountainous, rugged, inhospitable area, usually in the mountains. Uh, This is also a man who has a lot of knowledge. His knowledge is symbolized or reproduced uh, through the lamp that he carries, a lamp that contains six points. And the six points, uh, the six pointed light is supposed to represent the divine light, and that is given to you once you have, you know, uh, accessed uh, a certain um, stage of enlightenment. So, I'm not going to go into the six pointed uh, significance, but just look it up if you want to. So, this is also a very, very um, straightforward card uh, in the sense that you have this uh, individual who is burdened by um, what he knows what he's experienced um, and through that he chose the least trodden path which is the path, path of wisdom of withdrawn solitude but also he's aware that he's fragile the fragility is symbolized by the old age this is not a young person And the reason why I group these three together is that you can kind of see how um, an individual can go through three stages of life uh, having with the full card the innocence of youth uh, going over to the magician who's the initiate, who is the hustler, who has a goal in life and who is ready to take on the world. And then you have the hermit who might be the same individual who gets to a stage in his life where he has, uh, one, he has lost and that he has nothing more to contribute but he might be richer uh, in experience than the most of us but he chooses to withdraw from society. The hermit, by the way, is associated with the zodiac sign of Virgo. But don't worry about that, don't get too hung up on, on these zodiac signs. So, we'll move on to the next set of cards, so it's going to be um, the Lovers and the Hangman. So the Lovers um, is Arcana number 6, um, so we see um, there are two variations. So Based on the Tarot de Marseille, you actually have three individuals, um, one man in the center and two ladies flanking him. Uh, He seems to have uh, the his head turned towards one while his torso is towards um, uh, geared towards the next. And I'm actually wrong. There are not three individuals, but four. If you take the winged, um, the winged creature above, with a narrow pointing down. So that would be the Tarot de Marseille version. Whereas in the right-of-way tarot, um, you have three individuals. So you have um, a man and a woman in their birthday suits, uh, respectively. And you have an angel, um, you know, towering above. Uh, This is supposed to be representing Adam and Eve and the angel, uh, the messenger angel uh, who seems to be blessing their union. So in the Rider Waite version, this is uh, a card that more emphasizes the relationship aspect. You have two individuals here in the lower back who represent duality to trying to become one trying to be united by uh their love or or the 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 relationship that is celestially divinely ordained represented by the angel um you have notions of twin flame etc but um to actually be more true to the significance, the true significance of the card, I think that the version of the Marseille uh, Marseille uh, edition is truer to this because due to duality and um, the fact that you have to choose between two, you have two options that you'd have to choose from, it more likens to the dilemma that uh, Paris uh, of the Iliad, uh, Priamus's son, had to undergo when he um, had to pick or he had to pick a winner or he had to choose one of the goddesses to give the golden apple to so there's this um, uh, um, this notion of duality and dilemma and it highlights the complexity of a situation you know who am i going to give it to who am i going to give the golden apple to what consequences will it have um in contrast uh you have arcana 12 the hangman so this is also a very interesting card uh due to the position of um uh, a man um obviously uh who's hanging by his foot he's hanging upside down he's hanging by his foot uh on a tree and to most of us, unless we're practicing yoga, it would be a quite an uncomfortable position, but to see the look on his face, um, he has a halo. So he seems to be in some higher state of, of consciousness. He doesn't seem phased at all. Um, and you, since he has one foot untied um, and relaxed, and also, Hands behind his back. We don't know if they're tied or not. Uh, this might suggest that he is not really um, that pressed. Uh, if if uh, if you understand what I'm saying, um, seeing things upside down is also a way of seeing things from a different perspective. Uh, being in transition, and in contrast to the lovers card there's maybe the notion of not having to make a decision which is also a decision in itself so coming into this card as a reading is actually very very auspicious if, at least when if it's in the in the upright um this is the notion of you know staying put and trying to take the time to think things through which is actually you know the the mature thing to do, instead of rushing things or having to be pressured to opt for whatever it is that is presented to you. I'm thinking about the American elections. That was a dumbfire. fire, (laughs) but okay. Just my opinion. Yeah, so let's move on to the next set. So now I'm discussing man-made constructs by man-made constructs, um, there's this, there are two um, two cards of the major arcana kind of the tarot that actually uh, show two structures that are purely man-made as opposed to, you know, objects. I mean, yeah, you, you could say that the, the magician or, you know, anyone who has a scepter, wields a stick it's also man-made but what I mean with man-made is something that's really, really complex and that's really in the forefront of the cards so I'm going to start with card number seven which is the chariot so uh, brief description if you have that card uh, you can appreciate uh, a young dapper gentleman uh, who's well-dressed, who's dressed in armor, very sure of himself. Uh, usually has a scepter, uh, he has a hand on his uh, hip, um, he's on top of a chariot. Uh, the chariot has a balustrade, so it's not an open chariot. Um, he has a star or either a moon, um, this means that he's guided by intuition, he, he also um, is someone who... This is someone that you would actually be... You wouldn't overlook him. Um, And he's he's guided by two creatures. Sometimes they're depicted as horses. Sometimes they're depicted as sphinges. They usually are opposite to each other. Um, And yeah, so the first impression is actually um, this person who's exuding Um, self-assuredness, he's he's, uh, very persevering, he's very triumphant, Uh, look at him on his chariot. Uh, Riding a chariot is not necessarily the most easiest of tasks, you know, you have two horses that you have to, two sentient beings who have a will of their own that you have to guide, so it takes a lot of skills. Takes a lot of uh, uh, of dominance and power, and uh, you have to move forward. So you can't, you, you don't only take care of the kinetic energy that results of, on, of of two separate life forms, you know, moving you forward. But you have to let them know and impose yourself to let them know how to go on, and that's not easy, you know. I never rode a chariot, so I would not know. <laughs> But um, I suppose that it's not the easiest. So it takes a lot of skills. Um, again, he's someone who is seen and who likes to be seen. Um, so you associate usually the chariot with all things PR. Uh, in a relational, in relationship reading, the chariot is either the symbol of the relationship moving on. Um, if things are going in the right direction, things are moving in the right direction. There's a dynam- uh, there's a certain dy- favorable dynamic, or in the reverse, it might mean that there's a blockage, so things just are not moving forward that are supposed to. Uh, this card is uh, associated to the zodiac sign of Cancer, and. Uh, Uh, the 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 representation of the chariot is actually a very very old one um it goes as far as that's me speculating but um anahita the persian goddess of victory um and i think maybe athena the Greek goddess she also is usually depicted uh in a chariot but um tarot being a collection of a library of, of, of and a summary of our human experience you know civilizations cultures borrow from each other especially in the, the mediterranean rim and the old persian empire so that might be you know it's a very very powerful message next we're going to talk to the uh, we're going to talk about the second man-made construct Uh, card number 16 which is the tower so this is quite a dramatic card Uh, people always don't it when it shows up in their reading so um, the tower as it says is uh, quite um, spectacular sight a tower with a very bleak background lightning striking it down and two individuals just stumbling down the the, the, the construct. So the tower is actually the card of Scorpio. It signifies a cataclysmic event. Um, it's also curiously related to all things medical, and I think that the reason why there's this link to the medical field is that uh, in the um, um, Tarot de Marseille version the tower is called La Maison Dieu so that's the that was the medieval part of um, hospitals you know of the hospitals so if you needed treatment um, and you had to isolate yourself from your loved ones or they couldn't treat you you had religious orders who had god houses Maison Dieu that's the, the literal transcription of the term and you had to, to go there the History. The background history of the tower is actually related to the Tower of Babel. So we are all familiar with that. Uh, humanity uh, being punished by the Most High for their hubris of daring to reach him, and uh, the, that that punishment is actually uh, characterized by uh, the, the the lightning you know, striking the, this construct. And this intervention, this outside intervention, this unexpected event, which is actually lightning, you never know where it strikes, um, shows us that there are certain things that are out of our control, and sometimes there are. there's a divine intervention. We all felt it at a certain time where when we have a fallout um, and when it's inevitable, Uh, it's a way to remind us that the ego is limited, so that we have to change our ways and we have to act less from an ego-based perspective and uh, realize that, you know, um, when the relationship or when the friendship or whatever-ship, or uh, when you stand in front of a burnt barn uh, you have to recognize that maybe it was necessary, not so much in the sense of accepting your destiny, but being introspective and um, highlighting that this was the result of a misunderstanding. So instead of seeing um, this as a negative card, uh, it's more to see it as a, a, a cataclysmic, uh, decisive event that had to—it had to happen. So this card is actually associated. did, I say that? It was Scorpio, I think. Yeah, it's a card of Scorpio. So it can also be associated with someone with the Scorpio sign, if that helps you. All right, so next, spooky, scary skeletons cards. Okay, I suppose you already have a foregoing of what they are. So we have the devil, and we have the arcana with no name, otherwise known as death. Ooh, okay, so I'll start with death. Again, this has nothing to do with physical death or anything, so the way I'm going to explain these two cards is to try to make it as... Rational and as level-headed as possible. So card 15 is the devil. So we see this uh, winged and horned creature and the pentacles, the reverse pentacles. And uh, the, the, some of you who are a bit knowledgeable know that it's associated with the goat of Mendes, the Baphomets and whatnot. And all these signs of devil worshippers and whatever. But these are symbols, you know. So on the second plant, you see um, a man and a woman um, who are also warned and who are chained, you know. Um, Weirdly enough, these chains are pretty loose. Uh, In the Tarot de Marseille, their hands are hidden behind their back, suggesting that... Uh, when you have your hands behind your back, it's that you're hiding something, or it means that, you know, you're not really, really being honest. So, it suggests that, you know, the situation, the predicament that you are in chain to, you know, something, to something or some entity is not, is something that you can get out of if you want to. So, um, when it comes to this devil, devil has an etymology of the, you know, a Greek etymology meaning idea or the antagonist. And um, when it comes to this card, you have to take a Jungian approach, especially when it comes to reading. It has nothing to do with Satanism or devil-worshipping, nothing of that sort, but when this shows up in your reading, um, it actually alludes to unbridled sexuality, libido, uh, This the, the animal within us that needs to be tended to or cared to, um, but in a way that we don't get addicted to. It's also the card of addiction, in the reverse, it can signify toxicity. Either in a relationship or in a professional setting, so um, and it also represents the material world, money, power, dominance. You know, the fast car, uh, the beautiful um, Instagram model, etc., etc. And thinking that this, these items, these physical items, are going to be are the end all, be all of your existence. So, um, I can only relate to what this very old pagan symbol was. Um, The term devil is actually a Christian one, Um, before monotheistic religions you had pagan polytheistic religions in which um, orgiastic rituals and, and you know, uh, your wild nature was something that was accepted. Um, you ha- also had the concept of sacrifices, be animals or humans. Um, and I'm not condoning this. This is not an ethics course, but uh, it just highlights that we as humans, um, or our ancestors, at least acknowledged uh, the the shadow, what, what Jung would call the shadow. Um, so this creature embodies our subconscious you know um, and it's a cautionary card to be careful or to to acknowledge that subconscious that dark side that wild side and to not see it as an enemy but to acknowledge it and make sure that you can use it uh, you can highlight it uh, and that you don't get consumed by controversial card but it's not what it means. So next to Arcana with no name, um, we all know how the card looks like. You have uh, a very, very emaciated, almost skeletal uh, person. In certain versions you see a young woman who's clad in red, so, um, or even more esoteric versions. So in the modern tarot this concept of death is actually less being less used and is more um, geared towards the true meaning of the death card, which is about transformation. Um, death is an alchemic, uh state of uh, state. Um, in the Tarot de Marseille, the, the, the floor is actually not red with blood, although it's littered with limbs and bones and feet, but it's black. Uh, it, really, it, it it actually harkens back to the alchemic uh, principle of Nigrido, um, where there's absolute decomposition. Uh, death is part of the cycle of life, uh, we can't escape it. Um, in this context it doesn't refer to physical death it refers to um, letting aside or let something die that no longer serves us. It's about you know, throwing everything overboard, tabula rasa transforming yourself and detaching yourself from uh, things that no, no longer serve us in the tarot weight uh, card you have um, several um, characters and there are two of them that are pretty interesting. One is um, a monarch, uh, so you have the, the rider, uh, the black rider, with his etendard, um, so with his flag, his black flag, um, and standing in front of him you have this, this uh, hierophant character who's pleading with his life you know he's clad in gold etc you see that you see the fear in his eyes and the apprehension he doesn't want to you know we're all equal in front of death there's a certain point in our lives where we have to let go of these things that push us back and you have a small child who in the contrary you know brings is fascinated by this creature and actually welcomes it so um it actually Highlights the aspect of ourselves, you know, of um, being as innocent as a child and and, and just welcoming uh, the change and the transformation. So next we come to the authorities part. So um, what I meant with authorities was anyone who had. Sat on a throne and wielded some form of authority, except the justice card. So there's the emperor and the empress, and then you have the hierophant and the high priestess, or the high priestess and the hierophant. So these four cards don't really mean, I mean, they don't really, there's no real um, explanation as far as what they represent, you know, the emperor being the alpha male, the leader, um, the father figure, uh, the male principle, maturity, success, um, and the empress being the female counterpart, abundance, and, you know, sometimes you see the empress with a heavy pregnant belly, you know, uh, fecundity, fertility, she represents the perfect woman and her counterpart an emperor means the perfect man so in a reading you know everyone kind of secretly when they do a relationship reading everyone secretly hopes to um, have the the emperor and the empress in their in their reading Um, so uh, these are very very um, strong archetypes um, I think that you know everyone can identify with them, their power and their influence are represented in, in, their, in, in the scepter that they wield, so the Empress is card number three and the Empress card number four, so Empress is related to the sign of Libra and is ruled by the planet Venus, while the emperor is ruled by Aries, and you can see he's clad in red, and he's very fiery, and he's very passionate, and he's very authoritative, etc. So um, there's not much explaining, so you can free associate as much as you want. There's, <laughs> it's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, their power and influence is in the real world in the concrete. These are rulers, these are CEOs, these are influencers, these are people who are on top of the food chain, right? And as a part you have the Hierophant and the High Priestess. La Papesse, c'est le Pape in French, so that actually is pretty, uh, it's pretty telling. It's not much to say. So the high priestess is card number two. She's very, very mysterious. She exudes that mystery. She's an initiated woman. You can see that when you see her represented between the two Masonic uh, columns. Uh, She has a book. She doesn't have a scepter out of that quatuor, that group of four. She's the only one who has a book on her lap. So what kind of book, who knows, book of spells, a book of uh, religious texts, is it a grimoire? We don't know. She's veiled. Um, you know, she has this interesting uh, hat on her head. Um, she not only carries a veil, but she has a veil behind her, you know, behind her that hides, uh, what is actually behind her? Uh, there's a hint of still waters, and this is also a recurring term, a uh, theme. So the moon, the water, um, the book, being seated, being placid, being passive, um, knowing without telling, uh, having access to certain secret knowledge, uh, the notion of. You know, being connected connected to the divine, but uh, not seeing more than that. So that's the way uh, usually the priestesses of old were initiated. They were not really um, they had access to power, but they actually acted or you know schemed in in the background. Uh, in opposite, you have card number. The Hierophant, so he is the typical spiritual leader. Uh, he is also depicted between two columns, but these columns are not Masonic columns. So um, although he has a spiritual influence, um, his power is actually terrestrial. So he's the only one who actually gets to bless other people. Um, in the Rider Waite version, um, you can see that he wears all the insignia of actually the Pope of the Church of Rome with the keys and with the three-pronged se- scepter and with the papal tiara um, and also the robes. Um, you can compare him. If you take the magician, you can see that he's also clad in red and white. Um, while the Pope is, has dominant red in his um, clothes, uh, the magician is has a white dress and a red cloak, which is the color of uh, the colors of initiation and starting your your career in self-development so um the hierophant represents uh, spiritual authority but also tradition it represents matrimony because he blesses it and also terrestrial influence so these are very very interesting cards um the hierophant although he's is a very auspicious card in a reading can um also be an oppressive card someone who um Refuses to, you know, who sticks to traditions to the detriment of of the most, uh, who's incapable of, you know, seeing things from this free perspective. But overall, these are very very strong and very very powerful cards. So let's move on to the next, and actually the last two cards of the tarot that um will conclude our major arcana arc so what we have we have the wheel of fortune and the world so there are two aspects but two aspects are the same and so different at the same time um they're circular (laughs) constructs um they go round. The Wheel of Fortune is card number 10. And the World is card number 21. The World. Did I say that? The World. Yeah. The World. Card 21. So uh, the Wheel of Fortune here um, is actually the centerpiece of the whole game of the Major Arcana. Um, There are 10 cards wheel of fortune and ten cards that follow the wheel of fortune so it's a wheel you know so there's this notion of being in flux there's also the karmic notion there's a whole cabalistic the whole very very heavy cabalistic connotation that's there Um, and um, this this image is actually so Powerful that it actually follows us in our everyday life and even in television. If you see all these uh, game shows of luck, like, uh, La Rue de la Fortune, the wheel, you know, all these game shows, you know, where people win thousands of dollars just by spinning a wheel and not knowing where to stop. Um, you also have these uh, mythical creatures that are there. Um, it's very very detailed Uh, again these are very very old um, Mesopotamian and Proto-Christian symbols Um, so they hearken to you know uh, long lost civilizations but somehow these 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 old uh, symbols from Mesopotamia and uh, Babylon by way of Um, Israel and Egypt have managed to survive and get back to us, so, um, we still get a very, very strong reaction when we see this. So there's not much to explain there because, again, you know, when we talk about, um, luck, we, we always see it as a wheel, uh, Hinduism, uh, has actually also, um, that you know they have the same symbol. Um, I'm not going to debate which one has which, which which related to which. But it's a very, very old concept of what goes up, what comes down. That life is ever changing, ever evolving, and you might be on a roll one day and you can be down your luck the next. So it's a very auspicious card, but it's also a changing card. So the next. And the last card that I'm going to describe is the world. This is actually, usually when it comes up to, in your reading, this is the most optimal card that you can actually um, get. Um, Everyone wants to have the world because it's the card of completion. Um, So, what else to say? You complete your cycle, you're done. Uh, It's a... It's the perfect circle, or rather, oval. Um, but it also signifies something else. Um, because the oval is a description of the portal. You go to any church, church pier, and you see usually these um, holy characters, be it uh, Mother, the Mother of God or Jesus, going through these portals. and. Um, The Visica Pisces is one of those portals uh, signifying that you go from one stage to the next, you know, either through ascension or through physical death and resuscitation. But um, again, um, it's not something to be taken literally. Um, It signifies in your reading that you have completed a cycle or you have completed whatever you had, whichever task you had done. So that's why it's a very, very positive card. So this concludes the second part of the Major Arcana. So I hope that you enjoyed uh, this explanation. Again my apologies for not, uh, for having to redo that, but I hope that you will Um, be able to continue on your journey of self-discovery and um, I'm sounding off and wishing you a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go. So this is part three, final, and then, ah, Alex is there. So Alex has joined. Um, let's hope that she will appear. Just need, probably just need a few seconds. Yeah, to join. So um, I'll wait. So I'll just start. Yeah. Um, so Alex, if you hear me or see me, welcome. Um, this is the last uh, segment so it's going to be pretty quick uh, my time unfortunately is limited on zoom uh, I only have 30 or 40 minutes so I'll just go so uh, minor arcana is actually represented uh, you know um, as in contrast to, to major arcana it represents events or individuals uh, you know, life activities. So it, 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 it the the these cards are more of a reflection of everyday life, and that's also why there's 56 of them. Um, the 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 good thing about the minor can is that it gives nuance to, to to reading. It's a bit more personalized, more granulated, and um, it's not you know you don't have these life you know these life uh, these life choices. So, the cards have four suits, um, like I said in my first lecture, um, it's, uh, sorry I wrote cards, um, they are, uh, directly linked to the modern day cards that we know now, so these suits are repeated from 1 to 10 and then you have four figures. I'll go more into details and some games sometimes um, instead of having the page, uh, they have the princess. But usually, the four figures are the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. And these suits always represent um, the four elements, which you know. So further up, you have these suits. So just to give you a quick perspective, you have. Uh, The wands which represent fire, um, it's actually moving energy, you know, it's being creative, it's being expressive, it's putting things into motion, and uh, they represent the the spiritual aspect of the mind. I link the zodiac to it. Sometimes, you know, during a reading, it makes sense, you know, if you want to identify a certain person, the zodiac um, is a good indicator for this type of thing but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, then you have uh, the cups. The cups always represents water. Oops, sorry, uh represents water. So water is feelings. You know, we, we talk about still waters being deep, etc. It connects to the heart, um, you know, and uh, people uh, who are represented here in the Zodiac are very, very emotional people, but they um, emote differently. But it's always, they always are driven by emotion, either by feeling too much or not enough, or by, you know, reacting upon it. Um, You have the third suit, which is the sword. Uh, These are people, or this is uh, um, an aspect that that represents the intellect, air. uh, It's about ideas, projects, it's about calculation, mathematics it represents the mental, and then you have the pentacles, you know, the, the coin, this is material, you know, the material world, materialism, um, and, and the more coin you have, the, the wealthier you have, so it, rep- it represents the usually the body, and um, I have to say as a Taurus myself, you know, I like things to be concrete, so it, it, it has, uh, this, it has this been... <laughs> so when it comes but to me, Aries, I have
1: just to ensure yeah. Aries are the same
0: Aries are the same in the mm-hmm. sense that things need to be concrete if they are not it's
1: like as if it's not tangible enough and it is um, um, as if the feeling is not direct enough mm-hmm. when we are frustrated in terms of feelings we tend to be um, you
0: know a bit nervous so it has to be quick it has to be concrete it has to be tangible mm-hmm. Aries yeah. are quite the same yeah that's true, yeah. But you're more you know, you go more after your instinct to just go and you just do, etc. Yeah, you know. So um yeah, so I just wanted to move on to what the numbers are. Uh the numbers are actually closely related to numerology. So for those of you who are interested in numerology, you can really, really go and see the links. Um personally numerology is not something that I'm very, very familiar with. Um I know it more or less, but I'll, I'll, I myself would need a refresher. Um, so if someone has an affinity to numbers and, 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 and uses this to, to, to make sense of the life we're living, you know, go, go at it. Um, I will just focus on the ace, you know, uh, so the, the one. It's always about beginnings. Um when when the ace comes out in your reading, it's actually very, very um, um it's very auspicious. So let's say the ace of cups, it looks like this. Um so um it always starts with the beginning, with the beginning of a new relationship, beginning of a new project, beginning of new ideas, etc. And um in the permutation of the um, Wands, it's also very, very significant because it's always a hint of, you know, new, new, these two um, aces are actually very, very significant when it comes to um, doing and emoting because we still, as human beings, are driven by, you know, our drive. And then also our emotions. Um, then you you, you know the, the higher you go in numbers, you, it, it, it increases in complexity. You know one plus one is two, two plus one is three. And to um, if you're reading it through, uh, you see that the, the 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 odd numbers are always always create um, in, uh, you know lead back to an unstable energy, while the the, the uh, even numbers two, four, six, eight, they you and 10, they, they, um, they relate to, um, more, you know, more stable energy. Um, stable doesn't necessarily mean good. It can also hint to, you know, uh, you know, um, being limited being doubtful uh but uh the seven is also you know uh it's uh, six plus one so it hints at you know being confused and in the end you have the 10 the 10 is also always uh you know completion you'll hear that very very often um you know it's about realization completion but it's you know numerology wise it's one plus zero so it's always Uh, the end you know of something and the beginning of the next so there's always transition nothing is fixed so then we have the figures one-to-one again when it comes to the pages uh, what do we have here you have a page uh, so these are actually very very childlike um, childlike figures Uh, they represent a person very often a person who's actually carefree but they also represent a message you know Um, they represent a maturity child like you know up to 13 let's say an individual which is is 13, but also uh, um, they can, can also represent an aspect of the reading where, where there are uh, things who, you know, um, there's an opportunistic uh, energy to that, you know. Uh, well, in the different permutations, they can mean something different. It's a bit daunting, but with the time you got try to get, you know, it's always good when you do a reading to have your um, either these slide sets or to, even if you have a, a tarot book to have that uh, with you so that you can find the nuances so if you combine the figure of the page with the suit you can actually, you know, combine the child energy with the, the, the childlike energy of the page with the wands, you know. So it's someone who is confident or who lacks confidence, etc. depending on if the card is in um, the upright or in the reverse. Uh, same thing with cups and swords and, and, and pentacles. So the um, uh, the page of swords is actually the very, very um, uh, definition of a message. Uh, you have that so when you when you have a reading and you have that and then you have the eight of wands Um, the eight of wands is also someone who wants to message you directly Um, so next we have the princesses Uh, This is not in every tarot suite, but if you ever, in every tarot deck, sorry, but if you ever come across it, you know, don't sleep on it, so uh, there is a... there are uh, certain tarot decks, uh, there's one I have, it's called the Celtic, no, the Druid, no, Tarot of the Druids, exactly, and they uh, actually present um, tarot uh, instead of the page they have the princesses, and uh, the idea here, here, is to see the suit not as a court uh, a royal court or an imperial court where you have a hierarchy but uh, to see it as a family so while uh the, the you know you have the 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 prince and the princesses you know, instead of having the page and the knights, you have the prince and the princesses. You have the mother and the father, and then you have the son and the daughter. So the princess actually represents that aspect where she's the, the, the kind-hearted. She's, she, she's very studious. You know, she's also youthful. And the interesting thing with the princess is that she um, represents the earth aspect of the, um, of the soups. Um, it's quite a difficult context to grasp, um, I can discuss that later on. Honestly, um, the, the uh, you know, it, it, it's a very, very particular context. It's, um, you know, uh, modern tarot tries to be more gender inclusive and, 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 highlight the, 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 masculine and feminine traits in each and of everyone, and, um, this is actually a good, uh it's actually a good initiative, but like I said, princesses do not show up in every tarot, so uh, tarot deck, but if you, have a, if you have a suit with princesses, don't be afraid. Anyway, most tarot decks have uh, an accompanying booklet, and you can always, um, if you ever have a princess uh, card in your reading, you can go and look after. Um, you can always look for more information there. So next are the knights. Uh, the knights are usually like the chevalier. Um, they usually look, I'm looking for uh, a typical embodiment. So these are uh, very, very male figures. Um, they, um, they're usually on their, on, their, um, on their horse. So this is what it will look like. Uh this is the Knight of Cups, he has a cup in his hand, so he represents this also young energy. Usually they say that it's a man in you know who's less than 30 years old. Uh this, you know, as a knight, he's always in, 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 in service. He tries to be uh to serve everyone, or you know, in the reverse form, he's usually the the person who is more selfish than he actually should be. They, like I said, since they are on a horse, they represent movement. So they move, uh, they also imply, just like the page implies travel, the night implies movement. Uh, No, just like the page, scratch lag. So just as, (laughs) just like the page um, uh, alludes to the message the you know being the, the, the idea of the message the night implies travel that's it i got it right hi alex i see you you look fabulous today so um it's also the extreme aspect and just like the princesses did, the, the, the 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 earth aspect uh the concrete aspect of every suit the night represents the extreme aspect so they do whatever suit it represents it's really the extreme so what i wanted to show you was that you know most pages are usually shown in motion on their horse um but there's the page of pentacle uh the knight of pentacles my god what's going on the knight of pentacles he's actually the slowest exactly the slowest moving um, knight in the deck so um contrary to his counterparts uh the ones who usually let's say, uh, rush in and, and, and uh, try to to bring everything in, you know, like uh, this fellow here, he rushes in, he doesn't think, he just barges in, he shoots first and asks questions later. The page of um, the, the knight of pentacles is really the one who overthinks, who's overburdened, but he's someone who, uh, he represents the kind of, a guy um, who takes his time until he reaches a decision so um, this is what you have to take into account so next we have the queens Uh, the queens there's not much to say about the queens they are who they are Um, they represent the mother the authority they're nurturing Um, they have um, they 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 have this 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 feminine authority they're on the receiving end Um, I'm going to lay the queens out so that you can see what they look like. Um, There's a little exercise that I would like to do with you. And um, just so you uh, can, you know, start doing these associations. What does um, this... If you read the... If you read the the, 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 the info that's on there, you know, um, so I'm showing those, so you have these four queens. So while the queen of wands is the fanfatai, she usually is the older woman, she has this cat, so regardless of the tarot deck, no, some tarot decks will not show them to you, they are like this. Um, she's um, the go-getter, whatever it is, you know, she, she she just goes and gets, usually she's, yeah, she's the, the type of woman who's going to steal your guy, usually, <laughs> yeah, so you have on the other end of the spectrum, you have, you know, uh, the homemaker, who's the queen of pentacles, she's practical, she's a traditional female, she's the, you, she's usually the minor kind of version of the empress, so she has her pentacle usually you know you associate her with um with uh abundance uh yeah traditionality etc and then you have the queen of cups uh, she's very very emotional she's always next to water she's someone who offers her love freely but she is not always the one who knows how to deal with emotions, who wants to uh, emote. She's also um, a bit of a drama queen. And uh, then we have the queen of swords, very sharp-minded, sharp-witted, she doesn't tolerate any bs. She can be very frigid and cool and she's all intellect. Now, bonus question. Um, what very very popular 90s series that do these four queens remind you of yeah uh no not the witches no can you, can you repeat the question please so what's the um, what series it was a very very popular series uh it happened in new york with four friends we're wow. different in character uh um, ah, sex in the city yeah exactly you know <laughs> exactly so you I'm really sorry, can see... i'm not really proud of my uh no it's TV great culture. it's great but now now you, you you see how uh popular culture has actually you know how and tarot I... actually has seemed you know you know this is miranda this is samantha this is uh what's her name um sarah or whatever you know the princess the brunette and this is Carrie Bradshaw. You you, you see, if you, you know, I, I'm not going to torture myself and rewind, you know, watch the Sex and the City shows, but you, you, you know, you can see how each one of them basically navigated their life and their relationships, etc., and how they approached um, different aspects of life. So um, that was something that kind of, you know, popped up in my head and um, it was very, very characteristic. So, yeah. And then we have the kings you know they represent uh, of course uh, the father the father figure they represent law and also maturity uh, they're the leaders um they 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 are also figures of authorities and um there's again not much to say uh to them in any card game you see that uh they um, uh, uh they are always the ones that trump uh, over the other cards and uh, here uh, the king of Pentacles is more like someone who uh, is you know someone who, who can offer you something or someone who who is in control of the situation who's very good with finances who's get very good with you know uh, you know not only creating a business but finishing a business um, in the reverse form there's a certain lack of flexibility but I um, out of all the king cards the king of pentacle is basically viewed as husband material if you <laughs> see what i mean so just look out there um so this is the suite i know that i'm sweeping through but there's really not much to say um i wanted to just um show a last card it's the ten of swords Uh, is it the ten of swords no this is nine of swords my god um but it basically is the same so sometimes in minor arcana there's a lot of things that um that are pretty uh Similar to each other, so this is the nine and this is the ten. So they represent mental anguish, etc. Um, usually, when you see this, it's pretty gory. Um, this is the right-of-way tarot. Um, it means it. This is not necessarily the end, but this is the end of a cycle. That's a card that indicates to you that. Um, you're you know, there's nothing more that you can do, you know. You literally stuck a fork in it, and there's nothing more to do. So that's with the figures. Um, so for me, um this is all I can teach you. <laughs> so I'm done with that. Uh so I really really gave all the knowledge that I have to give. Um, we have a little less than nine minutes. Um, so if you have any um, any questions or you know regarding spreads or what tarot means day-to-day or what things or, or what what tarot deck you would like to begin with, what I can say is that the right-of-weight tarot when when it comes to minor Arcana, the advantage is that they have Images um, linked to it. So it's very, very, it's a very, very good way to learn, especially when you are a beginner, but even out of convenience. Otherwise, um, the Tarot de Marseille that I actually recommend to everyone is a bit too. Um, for beginners, a, a bit too advanced, and um, it's difficult to do reversals because um, the, the the Marseille tarot uh, doesn't really really reflect that. Um, they don't reflect that permutation. I have this tarot deck. It's kind of fancy. It's called the Tarot du Bienêtre, and this is a type of tarot. So once you familiarize yourself with this, and you think that you can go. Um, you can go further. My God! By all means, stick to it. There's no obligation, but you can move on to these. They're a bit more abstract, but the advantage is that the, um, the number is always at a certain top. So if you have a reversal, you know you know that it's a reversal, and you don't always have that with uh, the Tarot de Marseille or uh, derivatives of the Tarot de Marseille. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, like I said, have fun. Just go. Um, if you have any questions or you don't want to, uh, you know, discuss this um, um, right now or you, you, you don't, you know, your, your ideas aren't finished, you know, just hit me up, you know, where to, to find me. Um, what I can advise is always to start a spread of three. Uh, you know spread of threes and then start to six I wouldn't make it more complicated Um, there are lots of tutorials that show uh, or if you buy a a tarot book the one that I have here um, yeah it shows different types of spreads you know uh, that you can practice depending on the query that you're you you have or 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 whatever so you can do that um always keep a journal for me tarot is again is not about you know seeking the future or anything it's just really about you know um finding yourself or understanding yourself or understanding the world around you and just have fun and and try to understand that so Yeah, (laughs) that's it. So thanks a lot for assisting. Um, So I'm really glad that I did that.
1: I might have one question. Yeah. If um, Alexandra has a question, I can just, you know, follow you. But I might have one question. If you have a Mm -hmm. question, Alexandra, I'm just listening, and then uh, uh, I'll go ahead with my question. Mm -hmm. Just
0: let me know. Okay. Okay, I I have one question. Mm -hmm. How about the day? are usually the the daily cards yeah so usually in tarot uh what happens is if you're oh sorry is it better now is it better now so daily cards are um cards that you you know they they actually reflect um i say daily cards because they are way more there's way more choice than you have with a major arcana but usually when you do a reading you should put the minor and the major together, so that it gives you, you know, um, the the reason why I I said it was daily was yeah because it's more mundane, you know, um, since you have more cards here than in the major arcana, it's more about um, it, it it zeroes in on the 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 aspect, the day to day aspect, certain situations and certain persons. Okay. No, 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 it doesn't. No, it's not about doing it each day. No, no, it's not about that. It's not the, 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 day. some do, you know. Personally, I don't, I wouldn't advocate to, to, to I know it. People, they will wake but, up in the morning and then they'll send card. Mm-hmm. They'll set a daily card. They will
1: wake up in the morning and this is the first thing
0: they will do. Okay. I know people doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this, whether this is the right thing to do, but I know people really, really do it. Yeah. In Yeah, well, personally, I I find it a bit confusing in the sense that you will do that on Monday and then
0: you have another message on Tuesday and then another message on Wednesday. So I don't really see the point in doing that each day. No, 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 there's no no point. Mm -hmm. No, actually, it's a reflection of the day to day. You know, it's a reflection of a day to day as opposed to a question that will decide on. Uh, which will impact your life for a certain while. It it gives you a screenshot of of the, you know, maybe I I, I kind of, you know, um, brought a bit of confusion, but it was more about uh, reflecting, you know, the, the, the daily aspect. It's not about doing tarot day to day, you know. Honestly, I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I wouldn't do it. It's a reflection of, you know, it's a snippet, you know, a screenshot of, your daily activities, you know, it's supposed to represent the the, the the, more, you know, the simple things in life, the more day-to-day things in life, etc. So, nothing more. So,
1: yeah. So, Matilda, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah, exactly. laughs> so do you still have five minutes left? Uh, I yeah, I am three three minutes but okay. if you want to we can move to we can move to whatsapp if if you want to 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 um, go so that's not to be very quick so you know i see on youtube very uh, yeah quite often that basically you have people
1: they will be uh specialized or not but mm-hmm. at least interested into mixing numerology yeah astro- astronomy astronomy uh, astrology and
0: art, crystals and, and they zodiac, invoke. yeah and mm-hmm. they will mix them all mm-hmm. they will mix
1: yeah. So I find it, let's say, somehow, it, it gives a kind of expertise. Mm-hmm. So they will really compare all the different studies in order to, you know, come up with an interesting conclusion. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering whether that was necessary and whether we could rely on someone who knows only who one expertise instead of the four
0: of them. I don't know, but, you know, tarot is not a, you know, when it comes to these, um... not science they're not scientific you know when it comes to numerology and 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 uh astrology um uh zodiac etc they are very very ancient you know um they're very ancient uh ancient um traditions so um to be an expert it means that you need to have a certain um, you know, a, a, a certain fingerspitzengefühl. I wouldn't, um, that being said, um, I, I can't really, really talk because, you know, as contrary to academia where you know you can show your diploma, you show that you studied X years you know saying that you've been reading cards or that you have a knowledge in astronomy there's no school for that you know there's nothing you know that really shows your credential it's by word of mouth etc so i think that basically you have to go with trust if you are inclined and that person says that they have to do it and if you think that they can offer you the solution and that what they offer makes sense hey why not Otherwise, oh, know. you know, um, I, am I'm not, I'm, I'm not the authority, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make, um, to make the, the game more popular to spread it around. But I'm really, really focused on Daro and not other oh, types yeah, of, yeah, on the cards. For me, it's really the card. And for me, I really want to emphasize on the psychological and also the creativity aspect and not, you know, if you want to, if it helps you to, to, to include, other disciplines, why not? You know, if it works for you, so yeah. Uh,
1: that was very good. Thank you so much. Thank,
0: Thank you guys for for, for participating. I really appreciate. It. Yeah, and thanks for participating. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'll do anything. So I'll take it to the next level. I don't know. That's uh, that's um, up to. Whatever the pandemic or whatnot, but anyway, thanks so much for participating. I'll share the, the the slides with you, and I'll publish the podcast. And yeah, that's that's it. That's the conclusion. Um, it was really, really a very, very interesting adventure, and I'm really so glad that I managed to reach so many people and to make um, uh, this this period less less um, gloomy. And um, I wish you guys all the best and just have a great Sunday. So, yeah. Thank you. All the best. Okay. Susan, Alex, all the best.
1: Bye, Bye, Alex. Bye. Merci. Bisous. Ciao, ciao. Tschüss. <laughs> <Cheers. laughs>